episode 54. It happened with reason. Believe me, there is always happening everything with reason. You just need to accept that and see a the bigger picture behind it. Because when I grew up, I, I was thinking I'm going to go on Olympics as an athlete. It never happened. But I've been on Olympics as a trainer. So if I follow the agenda that I think it should be, it will be like, oh, I never succeeded in the life. That's not true. You might be smarter. Your daddy might own a company, but you will not outwork me. This one right here is for the people. I'm your host, Ryan J. Owens, current pro athlete, entrepreneur, and former USA national team volleyball player. I will not be defined by my athleticism alone, but I've learned how to leverage it, to stay passionate about it, and prepare for life. That's why the Beyond Athletic podcast was born. I'll bring you case studies of current and former elite athletes making it happen in life, as well as tips and lessons from top sources in sports, nutrition, fitness, entrepreneurship, and more. I'm here to tell you that you are beyond athletic. Hey guys, welcome back. This is a quicker than usual one, but still at around 30 minutes. This is going to be a really good episode. Really interesting because I've been living here in Serbia. Obviously, you guys know if you've been listening to this podcast off and on for the last seven years. And to meet interesting people from all over the world just really is my thing. And this is a really interesting, special, unique person who brings some things to the table that I think the average person doesn't. And that's what makes him so special. Another reason that I know him is because he's married to someone I consider to be like a sister, Therese Crawford. And what I did is I interviewed both of them because what they've started is called Retreat Tara. And they have moved out of the urban life and they've moved to the mountains and they're really trying to create something special for people just to get away from the city, disconnect from, you know, all of this busyness and things going on and just get really back to nature, which brings me to what his new business is going to be called, which is One With Nature. And I think that that's really, really special because for me, it resonates so hardcore because I really just always have this feeling like, how, how do I get closer to just these visceral feelings that I, I feel like I miss when I'm traveling or I'm moving from, you know, A to B just nonstop and like a machine over and over and over. So it was really interesting to talk to him. I, what I wanted to do is get a lot of background. So I did get a lot of background because I think it helps you understand his path, what led him there and where he already was before that. So enjoy this episode. If you do, please, please share it out. I think it's really interesting because you have somebody who's right now at the top in his field, which is he's an agent with his brother. Uh, They run a company called SB Community. If you've ever seen volleyball and you watch professional volleyball and you watch Molero, this is literally on the jerseys for teams, which is pretty uncommon in volleyball for an agency to be on a jersey, which is just a testament to the business that they've built together. And then he gets into his history with karate and 
oh man, it's it's a really cool episode. And then basically how, why, and how they are on the mountain. Next week, look forward to an episode from his wife, my good friend and sister, Therese Crawford. She played on the USA national team with me and that's where we met first. And together, their episode should show you why you might want to go check out Retreat Tarides sometime soon. So enjoy, share if you like it, comment, Please rate us on iTunes or at least leave a review. Let us know that you liked it or let me know that I like you liked it because this really is only me right now. Every once in a while, my athletes help out with uh, show notes and things like that. So, yeah, without any further ado, Boris Shimurin. Enjoy. What is important for me to live my life is uh, according with nature. That's why I love a lot. I like to be a close to nature, meaning like not just living in the nature, but living by the nature, nature law. So, and in this moment, uh, I'm happy where I am right now in my life because I I do that stuff. So, yeah. that's that's kind of my motto and uh, where where I'm right now in this moment. Yes, I'm also uh, looking to to uh, kind of change profession to go from the agency world to the to be a holistic lifestyle coach holistic health practitioner and helping people who are uh, having a a lot of questions but they don't know answers on, on them so i would like to help them because i've been in a situation where the mo- most athletes are and i'm also been in a situation where most regular people are they, they're yeah. just confused what how you know when you have a lot of questions then you would like to know answers that's that's what i had through through my uh career thinking about a lot of stuff why i'm doing this why i'm doing that i'm not just a simple, just a person who goes and and follow what the people telling me you know? mm-hmm. I, I always want to know why i'm doing that so yeah and i succeed to find on the a lot of questions that i had in my head while i was doing karate as a as a competing in karate i, I find out most answers so mm-hmm. it's a lot easier now to work with that and, and live with that yeah. So before we even get into the whole karate and then how you got into your agency and what that is, who you work with, and then what your next step is, really, I mean, that's kind of like our little game plan for this. Let's talk a little bit more about like who you are, how you grew up, and how you got into sport. Well, I was always active. And I grew up in a small place in, uh, in the border between Croatia and Serbia, and um, I was always active child, so... Uh, before I started going to school, I, I was all my day outside, you know, mm-hmm. never mind if it's a winter or it's a summer or whatever period of the year, I'll spend all, all the all day outside playing with the kids, soccer, yeah. basketball, all kind of things. We're just Whatever in, was in, around. Yeah, or just inventing and stuff, you mm-hmm. know. We, we all went uh, in the forest and we will build a fortress, you know, like from a, you know, small tree branches, we'll build the stuff, we'll build a... Uh, arrow and uh, bow and that kind of stuff yeah. you know you just the fun stuff fun stuff yeah the, <laughs> most kids don't have that and that's why i mean yeah. to be with nature because kids are now watching a tv and playing a video games and that's completely out of the human nature that's why i'm saying that's my motto that's how i'm raising my kids mm-hmm. so and how how does your family structure when you grew up were you a single child you had brothers no, no, I, had a, I had a brother three years older than me and uh, we did play but usually he has his friends and I was having my friends. So mm-hmm. we kind of did play together, but not a lot at a certain age because 
there was a lot of kids in the in the neighborhood, so mm-hmm. we could always play with the kids that they are our age. So yeah, and just to paint a picture, because I mean, I grew up in Chicago on the the west side of Chicago, which is considered the ghetto until third grade, and life was really tough over there. I know our family lived off of all government food and whatever. And so one of the things that I've noticed in Serbia is that life is extremely hard in this region. And so I always like to get a picture of different athletes and their backgrounds because I've, I've had athletes that had parents that were successful and yeah. they could provide and parents that weren't. So how was life like? Well, in that time when I was born and was born 37 years ago, um, until 1990 was beautiful childhood because uh, my father was working, my mom was a housewife. And we could live normally from that. Um, I had my grandparents, both grandparents from father's and mom's side, in the same place. So I was surrounded with a lot of love. And it was no problem financially. I'm not saying that we had, I don't know what, but all our needs were met. And that was not a problem for us. Mm-hmm. So that till uh, 1990, when it starts to be a little bit tougher because of yeah. all the war experience start. Then my childhood changed. Ninety one, I I left my parents and me and my brother went to live with my aunt from my mom's sister. Where was that? It was in Belgrade. Uh-huh. That's how I came to live in Belgrade, and I live in Belgrade for the next twelve years. Oh wow! Yeah. And so if we if we go from there, so you transitioned as a as a child. I mean, there's not a lot of people in the world that have to deal with moving because of wars and things like that. But you move, and another family member takes you and and helps raise you, right? And then you yes. get into how did you get into karate? I uh, I start first in, in still while I was with my parents I started to train a soccer or football European mm-hmm. or whatever well, it, it's, <laughs> whatever it's name a football, you want to give yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I was training I was big a fan of football mm-hmm. and uh, I was training that so when I transitioned to Belgrade I I started to go in a new school and a friend of mine from the class he was like you should go and train with me because we play football in the in the gym class okay. and he was really a big deal in in his uh, football team. Yeah. You probably heard about him that time was Obilich. I have heard that name. Yeah. yeah, so he was a big name in his uh, his category, and he was mm-hmm. uh, you know the striker, I call it, the yeah, person that, that gives a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. And he could never pass next to me. And it's like shit, man. <laughs> to come and train with us. So yeah. I did go there, you know, but uh, I needed to travel a lot, and I just been moving from one place, small mm-hmm. place where it has like two two thousand, three thousand people, to the place that has like. In the in the in the kind of Belgrade area, around almost a million people, mm-hmm. so it was a big change for me, and I give up there. Uh, but my aunt was like, "No, you cannot just sit at home and watch TV." Thank thank God for that. Mm-hmm. She says you need to do something. And uh, while I was growing up, I was also watching a lot of movies, and I was always liking uh, martial arts movies, okay, yeah. like Bruce Lee. In that time, was the popular. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. And I was really a big fan of that. So I was like, yeah, I can go in karate. And like literally like one minute away from my home was a karate school. And I uh, started to train there karate for a train like for 13 years. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I remember you were mentioning the movies and I was thinking how I had, I can't remember what movie it was, but I had the movie, the poster from the movie of Jean-Claude Van Damme when he was doing the splits on the chairs. Oh yeah, he does that in every it was, movie. It was, and it was like there was one in the kitchen. He did the splits yeah. in the across the counter. I yeah. love it. Yeah, he's he's still good about that. <laughs> yeah, everybody, every I think most child, most kids, especially uh, boys, they were crazy about that mm-hmm. at that time. He's so. made a little bit of a comeback though. Yeah, he does. He he uh, he did uh, redid a uh, famous. He's one of the most famous movies, Kickboxer. Mm-hmm. 
So he did it. Uh, now he's the teacher. Ah, he's nice. not fighting. Yeah, he's yeah. a teacher. I see it. I, I, I don't think that is a. I mean, now I'm looking. I love that movie. Those movies yeah. in that time that was a big deal for me. But now I'm looking on that. They are like a B production. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're a bit cheesy, right? It's yeah, like, but uh, for the kid when you're what, like not even at ten years old, for you that's like yeah. whoa, you know. Whoa. Uh, so okay, you get into karate. You do it for thirteen years. So how was that? You travel around. You competed. I um, first three years from ninety ninety one when I came. Actually, four years. I didn't travel a lot. In ninety five, I I went uh, on the on the karate seminar in uh, on the sea, and then that was the first traveling. And then I changed a club, karate school. From karate school, I went to the uh, to karate club Red Star from Belgrade, and then uh, actually start to be a more serious. Before that, it was a three times per week, mm-hmm. and when I changed to rest starts for starting every day, you know, trainings and you are better trainings in that way. And then I start to compete, but you know, in that time it was a difficult years for. In that time, it still was Yugoslavia, so it was not a lot of competition, but it was some, and I was always going and competing, and it was you know, good and bad results depends, you know. But from '98, I I. Uh, was chosen to be in the national team of Yugoslavia. It was mm-hmm. still Yugoslavia at that time. And the youth categories, and then till 2002, I was there. Mm-hmm. And 2003, it was the last year that I was uh, competing on any official competition. And 2003, I, I moved from Serbia to Belgium, where I lived for nine years after that. And I started to train just a little bit. I was continuing, actually, to do a karate still in Belgium, but... Uh, I was not driven anymore about that, and uh, I I went completely opposite. I still stay in the sport, yeah. but I shift from uh, being a, a participant, being an athlete, to the trainer. Yeah. So, like that's that's an interesting thing that I want I want to talk about really quick. Just so, what do you think triggered that switch for you? Like to say, okay, it's time to transition, and what? How did you do that? How did you transition it, to it, that? It came natural, like for. Let's say from '98 to 2002, I was uh, in the beginning from '95 when I moved to Red Star to to train with them. We had a trainer and it, he was there every day. For, but let's say from '98, it was more difficult because uh, he was not there all the time. He mm-hmm. starts to be a slop. You know, he will come one day, then he will not be there for two or three days. And then I start to train myself along. So, um, in Funny thing, the best result I made when I was training myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, in that moment, uh, uh, I went. Um, uh, I recognized that these four years that I was training myself alone, it it gave me a lot, but also burned me a lot. So when I came to Belgium and uh, I went to the national team, I I actually went to the club in in Antwerp, and the coach of the of the club, he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna call the coach of national team. You know, you can go and try out." And I went in a tryout. And, um, you know, you're uh, new there. Never mm-hmm. mind that I was, what, 24 or something like that. Yeah. Or 25. So he's like, uh, everybody wants to beat you up, you know. And um, I was all, I always never liked to hurt somebody else, although it was uh, uh, martial arts and and, uh, and that kind of sport. And the first training with national team, they broke my nose. Wow. <laughs> so I came after a month and I was, okay, I'm ready. But that, that, thing just gone away so that kind of helped me to change uh, to shift from there 
you know, from uh, being athlete to start to look for something else. So let's say a, a good year, I was like, okay, what I'm going to do, you know, mm-hmm. that was 2004 and 2005, I, I recognized, I always wanted to be a, a trainer during a working alone for myself, you know, in Serbia, I was also mm-hmm. having a couple friends that they were working with me and I was training them. So yeah. I already had experience. And from 95, I started to go in the gym, you know, lifting a weight and stuff like that. In 97, I, I started to go in the school, university in Belgrade, faculty mm-hmm. of sport and physical education. Okay. So I already start to, to gain a knowledge about how to train, what to do, you yeah. know. And then I came into Belgium, I was like, okay, this is something that I was preparing most of my youth. So I need to go further with that. And um, then I uh, went on a course for a, a personal trainer to work in, a, in the chain of the fitness center called Passage Fitness First. Mm-hmm. That's all over the world, but they yeah. are really popular in New Zealand and Australia. Fitness First yeah, and it's, in England. It's huge now. They're in everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but in Belgium, it was by the name Passage Fitness First. Uh, anyway, in order to work there as a personal trainer, you need to finish their course. It was like a five seminars in each seminar is like five days so mm-hmm. it's like almost a month full month of, yeah. of education and i finished that and i worked there for a good year and a half or something like that and then in the meantime in 2005 my brother started the agency the, he was uh, starting a volleyball agency where he's going to represent players what's the name of it sb community mm-hmm. and um he starts to grow pretty fast, so his his work starts to develop. And in one moment, he um, he needed somebody to introduce in the, in the, in the work that he can trust a lot. So he asked me, "You want to do it just part time? You know, I need the help about more administration and stuff like that." And I said, "Yeah, why not?" That was in two thousand six, I will tell or something like mm-hmm. that. And I worked with him until then. From then till now, I'm still working for him. And in the meantime, I uh, start to, parallel with being a person trainer working for him, I start to work with the beach volleyball team from Belgium, Mucha van Redem. Okay. And I work as a trainer with them. I started in uh, 2007, in December, when they start preparation. And they were preparing already for, uh, one year for Olympic Games in, oh. in Beijing. In 2008, uh, I started to work first time with them, and uh, we succeed to qualify for Olympics. So we've been there. We lost to Walsh and yeah, of course. Uh, it was tricky because uh, we, lo- we lost and we were leading in the first set 2017. So. Oh, ouch. I mean, I'm not saying that we will win a match if we won the first set. But yeah, but that's, that's be a big step. No, that, that's a, because nobody won a set against them. That's yeah, true, right? So if you won a set, it'll be like, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take the medal. We're the one yeah, only one so, to take you out. Yeah, but it was a huge success there because the girls start the train together in 2006 oh wow that was recent yeah so they didn't mm-hmm. ha- they didn't have a time like anybody else to prepare for four years mm-hmm. and for the full uh, olympic cycle so it was even more better because in 2008 the olympic committee of belgium was uh, like uh you guys need to be in the first 12 to be on olympic games oh. and and the olympic norm was by if i would be to be 24 so if you're 24 you go on olympic but the Belgian Olympic Committee says no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we were like 16 and they were like, most teams are preparing already for Olympics. They are not thinking so much about tournaments. And we are like 10 days before Olympics, still pushing, you know, to mm-hmm. go on the Olympics. So when you put all of that together, the ninth place Olympics in, 
on Olympus. It's like a great result. Yeah, for sure. It's a yeah. fantastic result. It's yeah. the Olympics. Yeah, and the next next season, uh, it was even better for the team. Mm-hmm. I think they were uh, fifth on the world championship and they were like fourth on a European championship. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, Muha, uh, Linda Muha, she was voted the second best middle blocker behind, uh, behind uh, what's her name? Kerry Walsh. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it, oh, wow. it was not... Uh, it's big time. And you're yeah. training him this whole time. Yeah, I was their trainer, physical trainer. Mm-hmm. But it's not just a physical trainer in... Um, it was also kind of mental coaching mm-hmm. because in 2008 they started to work with the Brazilian guy, uh, maybe you know him, Marcio Sisoli, mm-hmm. or he worked one period with uh, Kelly and Kelly, uh, sorry, Walsh and May, Kerry Walsh uh-huh. and uh, Misty May. I think he worked with them last Olympic cycle uh-huh. on, the, on the London, but because he uh, didn't have a time to be here with them all the time in Europe and travel because he also works in Pepperdine as an assistant. Oh, and he's a... Oh, then I do know who it is. Yeah, he's a Brazilian short guy. Yeah, yeah. He okay. was also a work... He's still working as a beach coach there. Mm-hmm. I mean, beach volleyball. Yeah, I think he's running their program. Yeah, I think that that's his job now. So he didn't have a time to travel with us. Mm-hmm. So the girls were like, okay, uh, we cannot... Uh, we don't think that this is right. So his assistant coach stayed with them. But they didn't have a big trust in him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I took over the, the role of uh, being kind of head coach, not leading uh, beach beach trainings, but basically doing everything else. Mm-hmm. And they trust a lot in me. And uh, that's, huge. that's huge. Yeah, in 2009, uh, as I said, we had a better season. Mm-hmm. I think that the FIVB ranking, we were like 12 or 13 on the world. Mm-hmm. And we were really hoping that they're going to happen in 2010, that it's going to get better, you know, expecting better and preparing for London. But then they changed the first coach. Uh, they took, uh, uh, what's his name, Vital Hayden, mm-hmm. you know, know. coach. Yeah. He was that time coach from Oliko Mosaic. He says, no, I don't work with nobody. I want my team. And then in that moment, they had like, okay, we are, you know, we don't want to, stop working with you but he's insisting on this let's try to solve something and i was like you know what guys i think it's a time he separated and then i stopped working with them in 2009 so they did that season mm-hmm. Vital and his stuff um unfortunately both of them got injured that season so all of that when you put it you know when you see it from that perspective you see okay you did a good job because you know that one had a problem with the shoulder you know the other one has mm-hmm. a problem with the uh, abdominals and both of them got injuries in that areas after working with the new team. Yeah. And they separated after that season and never reached for anyone. Mm. And so, like, this this probably spawned the whole idea, like, thinking, okay, I'm working with the agency, but I'm doing this thing on the side where I'm excelling at this. No, this I'm is that's, that's my love. It, you know, everybody is born and brought to this role with something that is good at, mm-hmm. or that's his main purpose to be here. Mm-hmm. And I know that my purpose is to be a kind of teacher. Yeah. Not teacher and I go to school and two plus two mm-hmm. is four. No, teaching of of right way of life. Uh, in this case, teach them how to prepare and, and be there on Olympics. That's, that's for sure showing me. I mean, working with the kids in the karate school while I was working there. Mm-hmm working with athletes, working with the regular people in the gym, you know. Yeah. So all of that stuff show me that that is mine 
main purpose and that's what I am. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying now I'm still working for the agency because it is my brother and I want always to help him and um, he has a huge trust in me, especially about finances and everything. So it's still I'm feeling I need to help him there, you know, and I, yeah. but I know that this is not my uh, main goal and my main cause that I'm living this life. So you want to kind of live your passion. There you go. Right. Uh, and so like your, I know I was talking with your, your wife, Therese Crawford, who's a great friend and she's going to have a podcast coming out also. So hopefully we release both of yours around the same time. But, uh, I know that you're this new path that you're on. You're, you're calling it, what is it? One with nature? Yeah. One with nature. I like this name. This is great. And so like if you're, if you're going to just lay out for people what you're going to be doing in the future with one with nature, what would that be? What would you provide for people and where would you be providing that? Uh, I live on the mountain Tata in Serbia and I, I will provide it here because mm. first of all, this is a national park. So it's untapped nature. It's mm. a wild, but it's not a wild like you cannot live. It's mm-hmm. a wild. We still have a bears here and wolves and all kind of wild animals. But we live kind of, like yeah, kind of you know, it's, it's beautiful up here. Yeah, you don't, you don't have a big interference. You don't yeah. hear that uh, any wild animal attack humans while they are going on the hiking or, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I will doing here. So what I will basically give to people, I will give the people experience to live in this kind of environment where they can uh, connect with their self, connect mm-hmm. with their gift. Like my wife likes to talk. She's really good in that talking about especially mental part. But it's also connecting with who you are. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm working as a still in the agency, but I know that that's not why I'm here. Yeah. And that's what most people have a problem doing a job that is not fulfilling them. That's not their dream. That's not what, why they are brought to this role. It's going kind of against each other. So when you have that small conflict in yourself, you will never succeed in whatever you're doing. Yeah. If you're going to succeed only if you are fulfilled with what you're doing and you're not thinking about, I don't know, money or this yeah. or that or what somebody else is saying. Or the stress from the there things you that you're not doing yeah. that are towards your passion. Yes. And plus on that, I, I, I'm providing people here um, training. Mm-hmm. So physical training, mental training, any kind of aspects and holistic approach. So when I'm talking about holistic, it's mean that... I'm looking on the, on the, not just the body, like, okay, you have a shoulder problem, let's fix the shoulder problem. Because there is a lot of other things that influencing maybe the shoulder problem. Mm-hmm. I had an athlete and a lot of people from volleyball knows who she is. She's Natalia Mamadova, one of the great players that played volleyball game. Uh, she had a shoulder problem. Mm-hmm. But she, she was getting through uh, her career in Azerbaijan and Russia, always a, uh, these uh, shots in her shoulder, mm. but that's just blocking a like pain. cortisone. Yeah, it's just blocking a pain, and then your brain doesn't recognize that you have a pain. But nobody works with why she actually have a pain. I mean, the root. There you go, and that's why I'm doing here. I'm first. If you want to work with me, I send you a questionnaire. There's like twenty or thirty pages of questions that I just get kind of idea who you are. Mm-hmm. Then when you come with me, 
we sit again and I talk with you and see that are you are just saying this or you're just thinking that you know if it's true or you're just thinking that should be said mm-hmm. then I can make a plan and program what we can do because uh, when when I work with Natalia she wanted to work hard but if I put her in a hard program she will mm-hmm. burn yeah and she will get more injured and it's not only her I mean I work also uh, one summer with Rosir Calderon she had also problems with her knee. I mean, she's a top-level athlete. She was, the, I think, the best biker in the, in the Beijing mm-hmm. Olympic Games. She didn't know how to squat. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm providing here. It's not just, okay, let's go, I prepare you, and you go and play. No. I, I'm preparing you to know, is it that's right or no? Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, if you work with somebody, and you are knowing w- w- how it should be done, exercise, eating, sleeping, uh, uh, water intake, everything of that, then you don't need so much depend on the on the, on the the physiotherapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good the physiotherapist knows what to do. It's yeah, perfect. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but if you, if you know and maintain all of that yourself, then it's a lot easier for you to go through your career. Yeah, it's like a, just to, it's to go back like when you had the coach who stopped showing up. There you go. And you were able to train yourself. These are the kind of things that if you have these innate abilities or these learned abilities, yeah. then you have the tools, you're empowered to do this yourself there no you matter go. what happens. There you go. And if somebody great is with you, you can still amplify those things because yeah. you can do things on the side. And and basically to, to summarize what I'm saying in, in, in a couple of things, it's like the first and most important thing in my system is mental part. Mm-hmm. If you're not mentally prepared, you can be physically prepared how much you want, you will break. Mm-hmm. Because physical physical, physical physical part is just yeah. following your mind. The second part is your breathing. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't know how correctly to breathe. Mm-hmm. So if you don't breathe correctly, you will again get to exhaustion faster and you, all, all kind of stuff is going to happen if you don't breathe. So the first thing is mind. Second is breathing. Third thing is going to the mouth. It's the water intake and the food. Mm-hmm. What what kind of water are you drinking? If you're drinking water from the tap, don't expect the miracles. You will be again have a problem. So the water, quality water needs to be good. If you're drinking the water from the bottle and that plastic bottle is sitting all day on the sun, you will have a problem again because it's full of toxicity. All that kind of stuff needs to be included. Uh, are you going to drink a Gatorade during a match or are you going to be a smarter and... and really hydrated your body during a match. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff people can hear and learn from it. A food. What kind of food you're eating? I mean, if you go at McDonald's and not even McDonald's, if you just eat the food that is sprayed all the time, never mind that you're eating vegetables and all your stuff, you will still have a problem. If you eat a meat that is uh, processed or that is coming hormones. from yes from the big farms uh, where you have a hormone steroids all kind of stuff you cannot stay healthy mm-hmm. so all of that you get here that's the fourth important part of my system the fifth important part is sleeping are you going mm-hmm. in the bed on time or no if you don't go in the bed on the time you will have again problem because all the physical reparation is happening between 10 to 2 o'clock in the morning if you miss that part then the physical repair cannot happen. And the mental part is happening from 2 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock in the morning. So if if you're missing some of this and you go and party all night and then you go on a training tomorrow, so your body is going in the minus. And all of that minus, minus, minus phase is going to eventually bring 
injury or even a serious health problem. That's why you have a, a lot of athletes having a problem with mononucleosis and stuff like that. That's why you have a problem with, with in, especially in Europe. I don't know. I don't follow so much the other ones. Uh, football players, soccer players, they just fall down, drop dead. Mm. And the people ask why. Because there's a lot of things that people don't pay attention to. They just look, okay, he's an athlete, and they're like treating them like animal, like uh, racing horses, mm -hmm. and spray them with uh, all kind of stuff, give them a protein shake, give them this, give them that. Nobody's thinking about good old food, good, <laughs> good sleep. The best thing that you can do, your body is giving to sleep. And then on the last place, in the sixth position, comes movement mm -hmm. or training. That gives you a lot of benefits if you do it. But somehow everything is mixed up and movement in the first part. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have a problem. Wow, I love it. I mean, that's a lot to think about. So if we go back through them, we're, we're talking about first Mental mind. Mind is, then we're talking, mind is a queen. Mind is queen. Yeah. I like that. And then breathing. That's and right. And then what you ingest. There so you go. Water, water, food. water, food, yeah. And then at the... Is that four? Is That's that a four, That's four. Four is a four. third is a water, four is food, and a fifth is a sleeping. Sleeping. And then sixth is movement. Movement. I love that. So, I mean, if you, if people want to learn more about this and, and get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, they can find me on the, my Facebook page, Boris Shimurina or Boris Simurina or um, one, one with Nature. I also do that thing. We're going to have that all linked up. Yeah. And I have also a, a blog. I'm kind of writing a blog. It's mixture Serbian or English. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I write in English, but most of the time I'm writing on Serbian because I um, recognize in world you can find these kind of things that I'm talking. Actually, most of this stuff I learned from the guy in America. He lives in California. Mm -hmm. He's Paul Czech. He's a he's in the fitness world for less say 35 years. Mm -hmm. What's his full name? Paul Paul Czech. Paul, uh, Paul Check. Yeah, but it's not C K C H E K. C H E K. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And he has his institute in uh, Vista, California, mm -hmm. and he has a lot of courses. He, I, I went on his courses. He's a, he is a holistic lifestyle coach. He's a Czech practitioner and stuff like that. Uh, okay. Golf, uh, golf conditioning, uh, tennis conditioning. Now right. he's he's making also the kettlebell. Uh, uh, Syria, I forgot, but it's gonna be the name of the course. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's the person that if you want to learn about holistic living and holistic things, he's the person to learn because he will also, when you read stuff and learn from him, he will always tell you, okay, you can find this stuff here. You can, mm -hmm. He's not just keeping, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. things for himself. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And uh, it's funny that you said that because I was going to ask you the last question, who was like one of the most influential people. That's him. That's him. So I'm glad you said that. So, I mean, thank you so much. And if there is one last thing you want to leave people with right now, like one last bit of information, what would that be? If you're speaking to the, the athletes and the normal, you know, everyday person in the world. Uh, basically, I accept everything what it is. So most time people have a problem with with their agenda. Like they have an agenda that something needs to happen and that thing doesn't happen and they're kind of mad and they're like going into I don't know what. Mm -hmm. Basically having a, <laughs> huge issues with that. It happened with reason. Believe me, there is always happening everything with reason. You just need to accept that and see a, the bigger picture behind it because 
when I grew up, I, I was thinking I'm going to go on Olympics as an athlete. It never happened, but I've been on Olympics as a trainer. So if I follow the agenda that I think it should be, it will be like, oh, I never succeeded in the life. That's not true. I fulfilled because I should never be there as an athlete. I mm-hmm. should be always there as a trainer. And that's what I'm saying. Everything that comes in the life, take it as a good school. I got divorced in 2009 from my first wife. And if I didn't live with that person for four years, five years, I would marriage with my second wife. Yeah. And I have a great life with her. I have two beautiful kids. I, I live in the place where I want to. We find each other that we are basically on the same page. Yeah. So if that's basically what I always say. Everything is happening with reason and don't think that, hey, this is this needs to happen differently. Mm-hmm. That's that's basically my also life motto, you know. You never know why is that happening, but believe that it's with reason. Alright. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Go check him out. Make sure you comment, share, whatever. Show up to their new events. He started putting on events after we did this podcast about a year ago um, called SCCS. And he did uh, a few already, one big one last year where he had several uh, speakers and instructors come to Belgrade and really just open the minds of people here, which is an area of the world where actually they excel in sports science and and definitely physical everything physical let's just put it that way um so check that out also i'll try to link that up in the show notes on beyondathletic.com forward slash 54 if you do like this please share that link uh if you're listening on itunes go ahead and share it through the app however you want and if you are on there remember please leave us a review let us know that you liked it till next time be more Pleading my case from the witness box Telling the judge and the jury the same thing that I said to the cops On the day that I got arrested What we do in life Echoes in eternity I'm going to show you how great I am And this concludes our Chicago show Please stay tuned